1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 25th, 2017. My name is Phil prosper I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have a nice low-key show for you today. We'll get back into, I think, some... uh, Rob Hennigan stuff as he gave another couple interviews that we'll break down, see if we can mine a little bit more out of after his interview with the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, so I encourage you, go to Magic.com. He gave an interview to orlandomagic.com's John Denton. Uh, and also be sure to check out the radio interview he did with Scott Inez over on ESPN Orlando. You can check that out at ESPNOrlando.com. Stay tuned to orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll have uh, block quotes, links, and, and a complete breakdown and, and takeaways uh, from these interviews as a whole, I'm sure we'll have plenty to think about as as there are big picture things with the Orlando Magic and certainly what we're going to talk about today from Tuesday's game continues to kind of roll that in to one as the Magic just continue to uh, to struggle. Um, you know, play do some good things, but but struggle overall. So we'll get into that. Of course, the Magic falling to the Chicago Bulls 192 at the Amway Center. We'll have a complete recap of that game. Then we're going to talk about how the Magic close games, a big issue in Tuesday's game and generally been a big issue throughout the season. So I'll talk a little bit about uh, the Magic's clutch ratings and where they stand uh, uh, stand there and where they stand um, for the season, uh, as I like to warn, and I'm sure I'll repeat this later on in the show, good teams don't play close games, they avoid them, but unfortunately they are not completely unavoidable and it is nice to know how you're doing in such games. We'll close out the show then by talking a little bit about the lineups, another big issue from Tuesday's game as uh, everyone's been calling for the Magic to go small, they've kind of said we're going to go small, we're going to play Jeff Green at the 4, and then the injuries have hit, DJ Augustin misses the game, and the Magic end up starting Jeff Green at the 2. Very strange, Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about lineup strategies and where the Magic go from here. But let's start off with the anchor, so to speak, Tuesday's game against the Chicago Bulls, a 100-92 loss. Uh, for the Orlando Magic, third straight sellout at the Amway Center, which is a good sign. They actually had have now 10 sellouts this year, which is one more than all of last year, so this team may be worse, but apparently people are interested in going to see them play, which is, I guess, a good thing, but uh, it, what they were treated to on Tuesday night was just not a very good display of basketball. Both teams really struggled from the floor. Uh, it was a lot of turnovers, really kind of sloppy, choppy play, not, not great shots, not great plays, Playmaking overall by both teams. Uh, defenses were good generally throughout the game, uh, but this was just not a, a very interesting game. There's a bit of a comedy of errors at times in, in the basketball game, uh, which which happens. It's an eighty-two game season, um, but for the Magic, it was an eminently winnable game, and it was a game that you know it wasn't necessarily that they had control, but they certainly should feel disappointed that they didn't give themselves a better chance to win this game. The Bulls did not blow this team away. Their largest lead was 12, it happened early in the fourth quarter. Magic led by 8 in the first half as well. Um both teams kind of seesawed in and out of control this game. It was it was a relatively close game throughout the whole th- whole thing. I mean, obviously played within 20 points. Um it was uh not it was a game that the Magic could could have easily won. The problem was they just could not hit a shot and and they really just could not hit a shot. They shoot 6 for 24 in the fourth quarter. Shoot 41.2% overall for the game, 7 for 22 from beyond the arc. Couldn't get generate the points and the baskets that they needed to end up winning this game. Some of that has to do with the lineup. I mean, certainly the Magic just did not have a lot of shooting, and Frank Vogel noted that the Bulls really tried to pack the paint, forced the Magic to make jumpers, and, and the Magic tried not to settle for jumpers very much and tried to attack the basket, but couldn't quite get there uh, consistently. And, and not only... Beyond that, they turned the ball over a lot, 19 turnovers turned into 23 points for the Bulls, uh, and that's kind of how you lose a game. You you commit five turnovers in the fourth quarter, shoot 25% from the floor, that's how you're going to lose a game. The Bulls themselves, though, were not particularly good. There was, you know, really the difference in the game came down to a stretch of three plays by Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade did not have a good game, 9 for 23 shooting for 21 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Seven steals in the game really bothered Alfred Payton as as the Bulls had some funky lineups as well, uh, but he really struggled throughout the game and except for a stretch of maybe three or four plays where him and and, uh, Chris, and uh, Cristiano Felicio uh, really played a nice two-man game on the pick and roll and left kind of Nikola Vucevic exposed a little bit. Um, I thought Vuce did a good job defensively on each play, contested a weight floater, stopped penetration, but no one came to help him on, on the weak side. And that's just generally been a problem for the Magic throughout the year that they don't have the communication and the help, that they're never really on the same page defensively. And then you add on the difficulties with the offense, the inability to score, and it's easy to, to get discouraged and it's easy to kind of let things go. And that's kind of where the Magic were at after the game.
1: they may miss a lot of shots. Uh, I think... I mean, it has nothing to do with our offense. Uh, defensively, I think we got like a day to go, myself included. And, uh, you know, we allowed D-Wade to get going, um, Felicio to catch a couple of lobs and uh, you know, a couple a of couple offensive rebounds. So I think that's where the game went south for us.
0: And it did really seem like that was kind of where the game really turned, That this, that short little spurt the magic couldn't build the momentum they needed to retake the lead or keep it close they kind of hovered in that six point range and then the bulls went on a nice little 70 run got it up to 12 13, you know obviously 12 points they didn't get up to 13 but got it up to 12 points got it up to double digits and that was where the magic were at that's where the magic finished the game uh like i said it was a kind of a sloppy effort orlando did make a little bit a little bit of a push at the end cut it to six uh but in i think what was really a telling play Alfred Payton tried to outlet a pass. It was deflected by Jimmy Butler. Peyton recovered it, got to the foul line, down six with about a minute to play, missed both free throws, and that was that, that was the game. That was that was all they wrote. And, and so there were a lot of missed opportunities from the Magic throughout the game. Breaking down this, taking a look at the box score real fast. All five starters score in double figures, uh, led by Nikola Vucevic, 20 points, 8 for 16 shooting, uh, got 8 rebounds in the game. Serge Ibaka added 16 points, 8 rebounds as well, uh, a overall solid effort. Um, did struggle a little bit containing Taj Gibson on the post, uh, but got, got a nice block in there uh, and did a lot of good things as well. Uh, a re- pretty reliable shooter throughout the game. Uh, Jeff Green was decidedly not three for eleven over three from beyond the arc. Made all seven of his free throws for thirteen points and seven rebounds. Um, Jeff Green's going to continue to be a flashing flash point. Uh, I'll, I'll dig into that on another day. Um, Aaron Gordon with thirteen points, five for twelve shooting. CJ Watson seven points, three for six shooting. Like I said, and we'll talk a little bit about this in a little bit. Jeff Green started at the two with DJ Augustin out. Uh, Frank Vogel decided to go with. Uh, Jeff Green in the starting lineup as the ostensibly the starting shooting guard, although Aaron Gordon was listed as the starting shooting guard. I guess so. One of those two guys played the two. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's it's just it's just a random label anyway. The Magic again shoot forty one point two percent from the floor, fifteen of twenty from the line. Their defense was pretty good throughout the game. Only complaint was the fouling. Chicago shoots twenty three of thirty from the foul line. The difference of eight free throws is essentially the difference in the game. So the Magic, again, really can only point to themselves. They did some good things defensively. They held the Bulls to 100 points, kept them to 45.5% shooting. A similar 7 for 22 seven for twenty-two from beyond the arc. The Magic take care of the ball a little bit better with turnovers, work to get some better shots. Perhaps that's a different outcome in this game, uh, but... Uh, that's uh, You can say that on any game, I guess. Uh, it, it continues to be an issue for the Magic that you just don't know what you're going to get from them uh, on a nightly basis.
1: Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores, while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends
0: 10-31-17. And when I, when I thought about this game, I, I really looked at the fourth quarter as the turning point. I mean, this was essentially a close game throughout, and then in the fourth quarter, the Magic just kind of lost grip and let it go. This was not a clutch situation as as defined by NBA.com. NBA.com will define clutch situations as the final five minutes of a game when the game is within five points. So, this game does not qualify as that. There was about 12 points uh, with about five minutes to go. But it it is something of an obsession of people to say, okay, how do you do in close games? Do you win those games? Do you lose those games? How do you do? do? And, and, And statistics will tell you a close game Is roughly a 50 50 shot, um, if if that makes sense. You're going to win as many close games as you lose. And like I said at the top of the show, good teams don't play close games. They avoid them. They turn a a six point lead in the middle of the quarter to a a 10 point lead and make the game, make the end of the game a moot point because the end of the game becomes a lot about execution. uh, It becomes a lot about, uh, Just the random bounce of a basketball, um, you know, you can execute really well and miss the game-winning shot. I mean, that 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 happens. And if you're a if you're most teams, it's process over results. Uh, You do the right thing, you get a good shot. It doesn't matter if it goes in or not. You do you keep doing the right thing more often than not, it will go in. So when you break it down to a single possession, there's a lot more chance for randomness, for variance, and it's not an accurate reflection of your team in a lot of ways. But if you're a team like the Magic who are you know maybe fighting for the playoffs, your ability to win and lose close games is very much an important part of your chances for success. You've got to perform well in these games to separate yourself from the other teams, essentially. And especially for the Magic, because they have such a bad net rating, where they get blown out a lot and they've been beaten up a lot this season, being able to play well in close games is essentially going to be the... Is gonna be the would be the difference between them making and missing the playoffs. So how are the magic doing in close games so far this year? According to NBA.com stat database, they have played 22 games that have been within five points in the final five minutes, and they are 10 and 12 in those games. Essentially 22nd best record in the league. Again, essentially or sorry, 22nd most wins uh in, in the league in close situations. 10 and 12 though. Essentially, they are about a 500 team, and so I would say this narrative that the Magic do not perform well in clutch situations is at least half true or half untrue. Or I mean, I guess it's if it's half true, it's half untrue. If I were giving it a politifact rating, it would, I would I would rate the Magic are not good in clutch situations as half true. Here's what the numbers say. The Magic have a 101.3 offensive rating in clutch situations, which is about their average uh, for the season. So their offense doesn't suffer when they're in close games. That's that's not the problem in close games. I mean, the Magic's offense isn't good to begin with. But it's at least about the same as their average the other 46 minutes. So I'm a big I'm a big advocate of the last few minutes don't matter as much as the previous 46. Every minute of a game matters. But For the sake of this argument, uh, in the last five minutes of a game, the Magic are just as good as any point. And and that that would make sense because you tend to see late in games, teams turn to isolation and teams turn to uh, plays that aren't really in the flow of their offense. They're more more designed to eat up clock, make sure the ball gets to a certain player's hands, and, and the Magic don't really have that luxury. I mean, in close games, they don't have the ability to just turn to their favorite player and let him go to work. They have to move move the ball around. They have to to find the best player. And and really what they do is they uh, stick to what works. Uh, I I, I did a post in December looking at some of the plays that the Magic run late in games, and they really have a lot of different plays. They they run some post plays for Nikola Vucevic and try and use his passing ability. Um, I looked at the play against the Miami Heat where Serge Ibaka made the game-winning shot. Did a really good job working to get uh, Evan Fournier a, a clean look and, and and got him a clean look that that he simply missed uh, in that game. Uh, they also run a lot of sets that uh, uh, give plenty of options for uh, for people to to get the ball because they don't have just one guy. They need to rely on each other. So they'll run Evan Fournier a lot, off a lot of screens. They'll they'll bring Vucevic into pick and rolls. They'll run pick and rolls with Alfred Payton. They'll do a lot of different things to try and get their best players free. What's of course important is that they, you know, make the make the right play. Of course, um, so again, the offense kind of works the same way it would anyway. Where the Magic really struggle late in games, and I think this proved itself a little bit uh, in for, in Tuesday's game. Although the Magic had a very good defensive rating in the fourth quarter, it was like eighty seven something uh, in the fourth quarter. They were like at sixty nine as an offensive rating. So the offense was the problem in Tuesday's game. Uh, but the Magic really struggle defensively, and this probably isn't a surprise to anybody with how they've struggled overall. But in in the last five minutes of close games, it's worse—a one eleven point four defensive rating in these close game situations. That to me is more telling than anything of the Magic struggles in in close games. Having said that, the Magic are ten and twelve in these situations. That is about league average, that, or that is about average. You, you typically want to come out 500 in these close games. And so the Magic are just about there. And so when they get into these close game situations, it truly is just about a coin flip. Now certainly, if you're a, a better team, maybe you expect to, to do a little bit more. And if you look at... Uh, Again, some of the teams that have the fewer fewest amount of wins in close situations. You got Golden State with nine, but they're nine and four, so they're above five hundred. Milwaukee's eleven and twelve in close game situations. Portland eleven and thirteen. New York's twelve and fourteen. Clippers thirteen and nine. The Bulls thirteen and twelve. You know, winning close games is still indicative of. Being a good team, and again, you don't want to play a lot of close games because there's a lot more variance and a lot more randomness involved. Take a look at the Utah Jazz; they're eighth in the league in number of games played that that fit this clutch criteria. They're sixteen and eleven in those games, but you can't tell me they'd rather you know not be in a close game where Russell Westbrook hits a game-winning jumper like he did on Monday night. So you take all this with a little bit of a grain of sand, but in Clutch situations, in these clutch situations, the Magic have the 22nd best net rating. So they are not, like I said, if, if the statement is the Orlando Magic are bad in clutch situations, the answer is probably they are. Uh, but or I would say it's half true. Statistically, they're not very good. Statistically, they're in the bottom 10 in the league in, in both offensive and defensive rating and, of course, in net rating. There's not a lot of faith they're going to pull out these games, but the results also speak for themselves. The magic are at about 500, so they are about as they're about as likely to win a close game as they are to lose a close game, which statistics will tell us is about average. So. Believe what you want to believe about the Magic and their ability to win close games. Right now, I think the bigger issue is getting to close games because the Magic haven't played a lot of them lately. Uh, and at 22 games played uh, the Ma- in, in clutch situations, the Magic are also in the bottom... They're they're not even in the bottom 10. Uh, they are... That's not right. Um, as far as close game situations, the Magic are um, 23rd in the league uh, in number of games played in these clutch situations. So they're not playing a lot of close games to begin with, which generally is a good is a good thing, but in this case I think is a bad thing. 10 and 12 um, and now 10 of 10 of their 18 wins have come in close games while 17 of their 29 losses have not come in close games. That is probably more concerning than anything else. The magic need to find a way to play more close games. Uh, so they can change these numbers a little bit and at least turn games into a coin flip because right now, more often than not, if they're not in a close game, they are getting beat and they're losing. And that's that's probably a bigger problem than, than, than the close game problem. You want to have a close game problem. You want to have it, a problem of not knowing where to turn in close games. Right now, the Magic don't even have that problem. They're trying to get there. They're trying to get to the fourth quarter. And as we saw in Tuesday's game, the offense really struggled and stagnated and they couldn't win it on defense alone. I think the big issue that everyone wants to talk about, though, uh, when it comes to the Magic in Tuesday's game, is what is up with the lineup. The Orlando Magic made a, an interesting decision just to start Jeff Green instead of one of their guards. Obviously, they're down a lot of guys right now at the guard position specifically. They've got DJ Augustin on the shelf with a sprained ankle. Um, he's day-to-day. Magic are hopeful that he'll be back sooner rather than later. They've got Evan Fournier out with a heel injury. He's still listed as questionable and day-to-day. They're hopeful that he's making progress and can get back soon. And then, of course, you have Jody Meeks, who dislocated his thumb. He actually had surgery on Tuesday. No timetable for his return. Um, And so it's unclear when he's going to be back. So obviously the Magic have a bit of a depth problem at the guard position, and with the Bulls playing a little bit bigger, they have Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler, and they'll actually run Jimmy Butler at the point on occasion. The Magic decided to go big and start Jeff Green and uh, at the two, or uh, Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon together as, at the at the wing positions, uh, and try and move forward from there. That brought a whole, that changed a whole bunch of things with the rotation. Um, it really wasn't clear what the Magic were doing, but generally. The sentiment with the Magic has been, let's get smaller, let's get more versatile, and let's uh, become a better, a, a more kind of modern team. Ever since the road trip, the Magic have gone back to playing Jeff Green at the Power Forward a little bit more as the backup Power Forward. Um, that brought Mario Azonia back into the rotation, something I know a lot of fans, uh, trust me, a lot of fans wanted, and I'm glad he's back in the rotation as well, don't get me wrong uh, on my controversial Mario opinions, um, but... Uh, the magic were generally trying to get smaller. So Tuesday, I would call the the outlier right here. And so the question is, how do the magic play when they're small? And you know, when when they first made this move, I, I would have, I would say that the results were inconclusive. And I would generally say the results are inconclusive. I don't think I don't know if the magic are any better playing this way than they were before or what. Exactly, it makes this grouping better better or not. Certainly, there is a big push to move Aaron Gordon to the four. Um, I think there's a lot of talk, still a lot of talk about it. Uh, Rob Hennigan even said, I, th- I according to Nick Grenowitz, Gren- I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name, Nick, uh, Nick Grenowitz of uh, ESPN Orlando, um, he said in his interview with Scott Inez that there's still a debate within the Magic front office about whether Aaron Gordon is a three or a four. I'll, I'll take you back to Rob Hennigan's interview with the Orlando Sentinel. Um, it will say. Uh, uh, Rob Hennigan said, "This is this playing Aaron Gordon at the three is a development opportunity. Um, it, it was it's an opportunity for him to grow his skills, uh, and and that has some value. And we'll see how Gordon develops from here. But the question is, how do the Magic go small with the lineup they have? Um, as I've kind of described it, the Magic have just have a lot of bad options to replace." Um, replace Evan Fournier and Jody Meeks at the two. They don't have a lot of great options. Um, C.J. Watson does do something defensively. It is measurable. The Magic are a better defensive team when he is on the floor, and he does do good things defensively. He he deflects a lot of passes. Um, He generally is in the right spot for help, Um, does a lot of good things defensively, and that's something the Magic need. But offensively, he's been a disaster. Um, Whatever he brings you defensively, more than likely he's taking it away offensively. Um, Anthony Brown's on a 10-day, who knows what he really is. Mario Azonia, Frank Vogel seems determined to play him exclusively at the three for now. Um, Vogel said that the reason he was doing that was for defensive purposes, didn't want him matching up against smaller, quicker guards, kind of give him defensive matchups he can handle so that he can have experience some success, which I think's generally worked for him. Getting getting zonia back in the rotation is a good thing, and that if, if you have to go small to do that, that's a good reason to do it. Um, Jeff Green's been hit or miss, I think. Um, That's been his career. Um, And so it's difficult to say what a small grouping with this Magic team looks like. Um, Obviously, with Serge Ibaka in there and starting, it's tough to play Gordon a lot at the four. And um, I don't think the Magic are planning to play him very much at the four unless the roster changes pretty dramatically in the next few weeks. Uh, Small ball, you know, is just kind of more a— I mean, and and even then— Small ball generally in, in this league has been used to spread the floor to bring an extra shooter into the game. And as we know, the Magic just don't have that extra shooting. I mean, they went with Damian Rudez in Tuesday's game, and it was moderately effective, maybe not even that effective. Who uh, Rudez, uh, with eight points, three for five shooting, two for four from beyond the arc. So he was able to hit some outside shots, but you know, Rudez is a very, very hit-or-miss player. Um, and, and, and it's not uh, clear exactly what works when, when, the, when the team goes small. Um, you know, I did a pretty, when the Magic first made the lineup change, I did a pretty exhaustive look at the Magic small ball lineups uh, and found that some work and some don't. It, it's not particularly clear whether this is a strategy that can be permanent and whether this is a strategy that uh, the Magic can rely on for the long term, right now it just feels like the Magic have to do it out of necessity to try something different because they haven't had success with what they're doing before right now anyway. And you know, Jeff Green's done fine at the four. I mean, at least compared to what he uh, what he was doing before. Um, it'd be ni- maybe it'd be nice to see some Aaron Gordon Serge Ibaka pairings, and I think it, it would depend on the lineup they're playing and the team they're playing, but I'd like to see that grouping get get some run and, and it's like the one thing that they haven't really tried yet. Playing Mario Zonia more at the three is certainly a good thing. I mean, I think Izzoni does need more time on the floor and I think with his play of late, he's earned a little bit more time on the floor. But whether the Magic go big or small, I think it's very clear that the biggest issue is that there's a fundamental flaw with this roster. This team this doesn't I don't know what the right word is. this team just doesn't have the good flow to play big or small successfully because there's something wor- there's something deeper at work here. Uh, and, and I think that's more the thing the magic have to figure out more than anything else is what's at work there um, because obviously the magic are trying to do trying to get themselves back off the snide and 18 and 29 is, is not a good look for for this team. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast. It's always fantastic to hear your, your thoughts on, on the podcast as well. So be sure to go to iTunes, leave us a review. Five stars is preferred. Uh, let us know what you think about the show so others can know about the show as well. We'll be doing a lot of stuff with the trade deadline coming up. If you want to be on top of the Orlando Magic, listen to the podcast, Locked On Magic. You can find us on iTunes, Audio Boom, TuneIn, and Stitcher. You can also follow me on Twitter at @OMagicDaily. I tweet constantly from there, so be sure to check us out there. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as on Facebook at Locked on Magic. If you have any questions, comments, any, want to contact the show in any way for any reason, including advertising inquiries, you can email us at omagicdaily at gmail.com. appreciate all the comments as well as all the listens. Um, this show has been pretty good, I think, so far. So hopefully... Um, it continue it hopefully uh, we'll continue to interact with you guys. Uh, I am going to try and do my mini mailbag again on Friday so send in your magic questions using the hashtag lockedonmagiconline or leave us a question uh, on the Facebook page at lockedonmagic be sure to give us a like there. That's going to do it for today's show. The Orlando Magic again follow the Chicago Bulls at the Amway Center 100 to 92. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. Until then, for Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich, and we'll see you again tomorrow on another episode of the Locked On Magic Podcast. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.